Okay, I'm recording on my podcast audio version, so bear with me. All right, let's get into the reading and see. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe it'll be a podcast, maybe it won't. In addition to differentiating personality disorder from personality per se, it is critical to differentiate personality disorders from symptom syndromes the direct effects of injury to the brain and psychosis. Ritualized behavior, for example, may indicate a single obsessive compulsive problem or constitute evidence of a pervasive obsessive compulsive personality disorder or express a psychotic delusion or be the result of brain damage. A manic psychosis may express itself as a state of rage that is easily understood as an effect regulation problem associated with borderline personality organization. An individual suffering a schizophrenic break in response to a separation may be diagnosed as having a borderline psychology in which extreme abandonment depression has been evoked and vice versa. Individuals with borderline Personality organizations are often misunderstood as schizophrenic when they seek help in the context of severe and disorganizing upset about separation. Finally, it is essential to evaluate whether the what appears to be a personality disorder is a response to chronic stress. For example, A man who has immigrated to a society whose language he does not speak may appear paranoid, dependent, or otherwise disturbed in his personality functioning, although no such disturbance was visible before his immigration. Any of us can look borderline or even psychotic if under sufficient strain. Hence, it is not possible to diagnose a personality disorder accurately without attention to other possibilities that explain the patient's behavior, the context of that behavior, and the question of whether it represents long-term functioning rather than a more acute state. I always say this society is insane. So if you're well adjusted to it, then you're probably insane too. If you do what you got to do, but you know, no, this is not the way it should be done, but I have to do it. Or if you just can't seem to function and get it together in this society, you're probably the same one because the society is insane. And I could point out a number of ways in which this society makes no sense. But you have to pull back and look at it in an objective way. And um, people are even starting to notice things that I've been saying 20 years ago and people looked at me weird like he's weirdo or laughing at me like I'm stupid. Now they're starting to get it. Um, happens. Also, brain injury. You can be born with a healthy brain, from what I understand, and if there's no development in your household or in your situation, your social situation, remember, we're social beings. At three, four, five years old, they could look at your brain and see damage, right? So, remember the brain is a muscle, it has to be used. And 
So it could be, you could be born with brain damage. Damage could be um, caused over time by lack of development. I've I read, I read that in uh, Amos one of Amos Wilson's works. So when you always hear people say, oh, these children's development from zero to three was no good and they were so far behind and that's why they try to do pre-K. They know that you're in a house where there's no development. You need development somewhere. And so they figure if you give the people pre-K, you can develop. Now, the school systems are, are, are ridiculous, are insane, particularly when it comes to us. So I don't know how much that helps or doesn't help. But you can get some reading, some writing, and some development. Um, at least some technical development, you know. Level of personality organization. By the end of the 19th century, psychiatric classification distinguished between two general types of problems. Neuroses, a term that may refer to either minor or major psychopathology in which the capacity to assess reality is not compromised. And psychosis, which involves serious impairments and reality testing in the decades since the categorical dis distinction became conventional. As clinicians became increasingly aware that many people suffer from an isolated symptom, but from symptoms that pervade their lives in a more total way. They begin to distinguish also between neurotic symptoms and neurotic character or personality disorder. Some noted that while neurotic individuals are notable for their own suffering, personality disorder individuals tend to cause others to suffer. Throughout the 20th century, as therapists compared notes on their experiences and the personality disordered patients, they began describing individuals who seemed too disturbed to be labeled neurotic and yet too anchored in reality to be considered psychotic. Slowly, a borderline group was identified. The concept of a disorder of personality on the border between the psychosis and neurosis was subsequently subjected to empirical research. And there's a lot of um, footnotes and references, citations. Patients in the borderline area often fare badly in the kinds of treatment that usually help neurotic individuals, especially as they would unexpectedly develop intense, problematic, and often rapidly shifting attitudes toward their therapists Clinicians observed that although they did not show psychotic tendencies outside the therapy, some would develop what appeared to be an intractable psychotic transference, i.e. they would experience the therapist as omnipotently good or malevolently bad or as exactly like a person from their past, and they could not be persuaded that the impression was not fully warranted. As Wallace then notes in part three, there slowly evolved a consensus among psycho psychoanalytic clinicians that people with diagnosable personality disorders exist on a continuum of severity from a relatively healthy to a very disturbed level of personality structure. The continuum is conventionally if arbitrarily divided into 
healthy, neurotic, and borderline ranges of personality organization. The borderline range extended from the border of neurotic character organization to the border of psychotic conditions. The bad part in our society today is if you make enough resources or even if you, let's just say, somehow you get your share of resources directed to you. It could be through you working, have a good quote unquote good job. It could be through inheritance. It could be through whatever. And you can kind of sustain yourself. You can be isolated for a long time and your neuroses could turn into some kind of disorder. So, you know, you have to be careful because we are supposed to be social beings. But people are isolating more and more and more because I guess the people around them are breaking down. So you isolate to try to keep yourself safe, but then it's just a spiral. Um. I never try to, I try not to isolate if I can help it, but there's so many people that are breaking down. It's kind of like you almost have nowhere to turn to, but you got to keep, you got to keep as many people around you as possible. And I always interact with people in the street, um, in the stores. You'd be surprised how many people will talk to you on, on the train and on the bus, uh, especially if you come off as sane. Because they're lonely too, or they're looking for someone sane too. So try to, you know, make conversations where you can and make connections where you can, even if they're just very minor and surface, because if that's all you can get, that's all you can get. It is critical to note that the term borderline when used in psychoanalytic clinician to denote a level of severity has a different meaning from the same term as used in the DSM, in which only one type of borderline organization, the more histrionic, dramatic manifestation of this level of severity, is labeled borderline personality disorder. The DSM conceptualization adopted at its diagnostic criteria most of the descriptors used by John Gunderson. We have defined the term operationally for research purposes or our use is much broader and a more consistent with the clinical experience that accounts for how the term came into wide professional use extensive research using the rush off and other psychological tests has identified three different general kinds of borderline patients and before i go on Movies are excellent as Rorschach tests. Give them movies or give them shows to watch. Or even now, I guess, give them clips and then ask them what they think about that. And you get you probably get much more of a reaction than the old inkblot Rorschachs. And, Anna, and I think when I studied psychology, we did the, the, um, the old-fashioned inkblot. But my mentor used to use films and shows, so we used to watch. Analytical type effectively liable, liable, intensity dependent, roughly congruent with the DSM-4 borderline personality disorders. And two, an introjective type over ideational 
characterized by social isolation and withdrawal, more likely to receive the DSM diagnosis of paranoid schizoid or obsessive personality disorder, both of whom show the stable instability of borderline personality organizations, and three, borderline schizophrenics who are impaired in perceived fundamental border boundaries and are at risk of psychotic decompensation. And again, I tell you, it's difficult. I'm going to stop here. We'll pick up tomorrow. It's difficult to um, diagnose today because there's so much madness and so much insanity in the general public and reality is asserting itself so that we know that this stuff doesn't make sense. For instance, and I think, again, I always go back to the year 2020 because the year 2020 was when reality just really pushed on us. No matter what you think about the pandemic or what you think of it was real or not or an excuse to shut down. And some people criticize the shutdown. I think the shutdown was the best thing that ever happened to humanity and the best thing that ever happened to us because the shutdown forced everybody. Right. To see reality. One of the reasons the George Floyd thing picked up was because people were home and they had to watch it. But I remember saying, okay, that's black man's life. What happened to George Floyd? That's happening to us every day or every week. And, and my wife had to tell me, yeah, but Tim, people were home. They had to watch it. It wasn't just that they was going to work and it was a news clip and it was they going here, running there. They had to sit and watch the suffering. So you couldn't delude yourself that it wasn't happening because it was there in real time. Even if you just saw the, the, the clip on TV, you had to sit and watch it and think about it because you, you didn't have to think about getting to work tomorrow, getting the children ready for school tomorrow. You had to sit in it. But that's just one example, even though that blew up into a big thing. We had to think about how schools run. Why are we going? Why are we getting up in the morning, Tim, sending our children sometimes across town, driving, burning all this gas when they could learn with all this technology we have? We had to learn. We learned. Wait a minute. My job is not essential. I mean. 40% of the people stayed home and didn't work and the society didn't stop. The actual functions of the society didn't stop. We still had all the things that you needed, right? Even, even if you say the restaurants had to close, but then restaurants delivered. So you had food, supermarkets stayed open, Important workers, what they call these things, work from home. You could do banks were around because you had ATMs and you had online banking. That didn't stop. So everything that you needed to do was done. We So we learned, wait a minute, my job doesn't mean anything. Now, some people reacted to this in a bad way. Like, oh, I thought I was important on this job. Nah. You had what, what Graeber called a bullshit job. But a lot of people didn't know it. To 2020, you knew it. So 
education kept going. And then we realized, wait a minute. Educationally, people, these children are far behind. We've been sending them to school for years and they telling us they was in the fifth grade. But now we find out, no, these people don't know anything. They're second grade level. So we realized schools weren't working properly. Um, transportation still ran. Banking still ran. If that's important to you. Food was still distributed. Um, a lot of people started new businesses. Um, we still were create a creating podcasts. We were creating videos. A lot of bloggers and vloggers. A lot of entertainment didn't stop. But the one thing we did, we didn't pollute. We stopped polluting everything. They said in like three or four months, the environment was correcting itself. And it just, blew, that blew my mind because it showed that if you just, if we would have kept on doing what we were doing in 2020, we would be out of, we probably would be moving back away from climate change. We would have been healing so much. Think about it, if three months was healing the planet in such a significant way, the air, the water, um, the soil, and everything. If three months was healing it that much, imagine what it would be like three years. Think about that. If we would just kept that going three years, kept getting the stimulus, reorganized the rent moratorium in some kind of way, maybe if you don't have to pay rent, your landlord doesn't have to pay taxes on the building, whatever the case may be. Or we're going to work out some kind of rent thing. Or we're going to extend the stimulus so that people can pay rent. Um, we could have done so many things. So many. I mean, we, we there's no end to what we could have done. But some people wanted to go back to quote unquote normal. Which shows you how insane the society is. If you had a society that was falling apart, people were completely breaking down. The society itself was physically and mentally breaking down. And then we did a stop for a year. And things started correcting themselves. Most people would say, hey, let's keep this up. But the fact that you had such a large chunk of people that wanted to go back shows you how insane everything is. Shows you how insane this society is. Who would want to go back? So, um, it's no wonder mental illness is a problem and we have to work on some kind of mental health for ourselves we have to push ourselves and we have to embrace the reality that a lot of the things that we partake in in this society are done incorrectly and it's destroying everything around us and it doesn't matter how much success you have if you can't drink the water, can't breathe the air, can't eat the food because of the contamination of the seas, the oceans, and the soil. So it's really up to us as, as it always is. And I um, hope you make the right decisions. You can support me by clicking the links, giving directly, or becoming a sponsor. Um... 
until next time, please take care and please, please, please be safe. Oops.